Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Welcome to the MIE Spotlight Series podcast. This is the official podcast for Microsoft Innovative Educator Experts. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, this is Season 2, Episode 3. Tonight, my guest is going to be talking all about computer science, and we're going to learn why computer science should be provided for every single student, no matter what grade, no matter what type of school, why is computer science important? Of course, there's several great ways that you can reach out and be a part of this and all of the shows. You can find us over on teachercast.net slash M-I-E Spotlight. You can check out all the great TeacherCast shows featuring Microsoft Education, our podcasts, our blog posts, our tutorials, our how-to, and you can even click on the subscribe button and find this on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere that you like to have our stuff out. TeacherCast.net slash M-I-E Spotlight. Thank you so much for supporting our show we can't wait to have you on as a guest my guest today is a teacher in south carolina he teaches computer science and he was recently selected as a finalist for the presidential award for excellence in mathematics and science teaching i want to welcome my good friend mr doug berman doug how are you today welcome to the show Hello, Jeff. Thank you for having me. It's going to be a good time. Thank you so much for being here today. You have quite a, a career in education. We're, of course, yeah. going to get into that um, as we go here. But I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about some of the great things that you've been doing recently as part yeah. of the MIE program. So certainly. So we uh, it, it's interesting. I've been involved with the MIE program for probably eight, nine years or so now. And um, the, the one thing I think you can say about the MIE program is the people in it are sort of what make it so strong. And anyone out there who's in it knows that. And so uh, I have recently made a new hire for my department and 100 percent of the people in my department now are MIE experts. And uh, that's so fascinating for me because it means they come with a wealth of uh, energy, innovation, proven idea generation. Um, proven dynamic classroom. I'm, I'm very project-based oriented, and they come with that spirit behind them. And so um, we just hired um, a gentleman from Scotland, uh, David Renson, who's going to be joining our team. And that's that's great because of what I want to talk about next. Some of the some of the reasons I think were why the program has been so successful is we've always been tried to be out front of whatever waves of technology and trends of technology are going along. And um, we've been really good about identifying those. And so what David brings to the table, which I'm really excited about, is this whole world of virtual reality. And uh, that's sort of been the, the the piece of the puzzle that I've been waiting for it to come together. And um, we, we we bought 20 headsets with, our, with next year's budget. And um, with David here next year, that's going to allow us to sort of do that next year. So that's been so exciting. Um, in addition to that, we have also been experimenting with cybersecurity, which was something that was very unknown for us. Uh, we have a student-led club which has had some tremendous success on the state and the national level and some competitions they've been doing. And uh, we went ahead and tried it out in the classroom. And actually those students themselves helped lead that section of class. And what we found was that cybersecurity is very unlike anything else that we do, even in computer science, but it's something that the students respond to tremendously. And then once they sort of get, get past understanding sort of the fundamentals of what it is, we really were able to get into some some really interesting conversations. And, you know, in the news every day is something going on cybersecurity related. So literally every day we could bring up uh, a CNN article or a, or a, or a, um, uh, 
a, a show about what's going on in Russia or in some kind of um, break data, you know, in, break into the data of one of the major companies that happens on a daily basis. And so it's been really interesting seeing the kids respond to that. And, um, you know, we, we, we believe wholeheartedly in that real world connection. And I feel like uh, those two additions, the cybersecurity and the, the virtual reality, have been two really great um additions to our program well let's just step back here and talk about the program um yeah. tell us a little bit about it uh in 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 terms of size here is your program sure. high school based middle school high school sure. based or um who are you in charge of here sure so uh so you know, i'm i'm in charge of the computer science program our school is an independent school so it's k through 12 and we have computer science happening in every single grade level um in in some form in some way formally throughout our entire curriculum i specialize in the high school area um, Bob Irving, who is our other MIE expert in the middle school expert, does some really crazy stuff with mine, uh, Minecraft programming and make code with uh, micro bits and the circuit, the circuit playground and does Lego robotics and does a bunch of really neat things down there as well. When they get to our program in the high school, um, it's a required course for all freshmen. Um, and then after that, the students um, apply to be into our program which is um, interesting because our, it, our, our school is a very hardcore college prep school. So the classes they're taking are, are very rigorous, you know, uh, aiming to get them into the college. So they're having to take my classes after that freshman year voluntarily above and beyond every other class that they take. And yet we're getting 30 to 40 percent of every grade level volunteering to sign up for our for our program, which I think is a testament to the fact that they see value in it. And they're even willing to give up, you know, some of their own free time in addition to everything else they're doing in order to take the class. So that's exciting for me. Well, let's take a look at how you break this things up. Um, as many of you guys know, TeacherCast recently relaunched with a focus, a major focus on STEM education, computer science education. And now you're here in charge of K through 12. Could you could you briefly uh, explain to us how do you build a K to 12 curriculum? Um, yeah. What do you focus on? K three, four, six, right. etc. Well, Where are those benchmarks um, that you that you decide to? To go off of. Sure. Well, so, you know, one of the things that, that for whatever reason, I've always developed my own curriculum. I know there are tons of great curriculum out there that people use at all levels. And we've always been, especially in the middle school and high school level, we've always been uh, just generating our own stuff. In the lower school, code.org has some tremendous resources available at all grade levels that, that allows a teacher to manage the classroom completely, allows the students to do uh, their, 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 their self leading themselves through the curriculum from literally from first grade on. And um, so we're able to do that um, through uh, through pretty much every single grade level. And um, the kids will do it kind of formally, you know, two, two or three times a week. And then informally, they're allowed to work on it outside of class in there. And so for us, the key was having a, a lady, uh, Dr. Julie Sessions, who is sort of our lower school liaison for that. And she just believes wholeheartedly that computer science should be in the lower school curriculum. So for us, Having that person, because I don't have the ability to get down there and do it because I'm in the high school, having that person down there who believed in it and, and she had seen what we were doing in the upper school and knew the style of program that we had, the hands-on, the project-based environment. And so she was able to, to get the teachers down there excited about it. And once we sort of showed them a couple of demonstration classes of what, we, of what could happen in that classroom, 
we, we just, at that point, you, you just sort of get out of the way. Cause once the teachers see it happening right in front of them and the energy that it brings and the kids doing it and the fact that the kids aren't, you know, cause you, you know, those teachers are not experts in computer science and um, to ask them to teach this new subject area discipline could be intimidating for some. But um, what we find is that a, for that level, it's not a problem. The teachers end up loving it as much as the kids do. So we do that in literally um, our, our, our elementary school goes through grades four and we have like a five, six junior high school and then a seven, eight middle school and then a nine through 12. And Bob does, uh, he, he teaches the fifth and sixth grade classes. Uh, he sees them every other day for, um, or he sees them every day for a full quarter. Okay. Um, and then he sees them for um, every other day for a full semester in the seventh and eighth grades. Now, so they're getting. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say when when you're planning all of this out, what yeah. uh, what what kind of devices do you purchase for these? Yeah. Do, you, do you look at tablet so, based? Do you look at Surface tablet based? Uh, yeah. what, what do you ha, give us that picture? Right. So we get, so in our lower school, we're an iPad school. So any kind of software we can do on the iPads is obviously going to be good. Um, and so a lot of the stuff down there is available iPad based. And so for us, that's crucial in there. Um, the devices that we buy, we buy um, little, um, there's they're small robots that have a bunch of abilities of to, some of them can see, can, can see color. Um, some of them can, um, move things, pick up things. The kids can um, build them and make them do other things. Um, and so uh, it's, 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 it's a very science-based activity. For example, um, one of the teachers does a recycling um, section of class, and she brings the uh, robots in class, and the kids program the robots to actually simulate a truck going and picking up recycling goods, where they talk about all the different types of recycling and the, the different kinds of materials that can be recycled, and the kids learn how to program uh, the basically a robot truck to go back and forth and simulate that. They're learning about the recycling in there, and, um, and then they can add on advanced stuff so what you know so hey um, aren't they gonna have to go back and um, get three or four different piles of, of of the recycling material yes they would well that's called a loop and so we get to introduce the idea of a loop to third grade kids and so that style of class is what we do in the lower school in the middle school gosh there there there's more technology out there than we have time to deal with we use the mindstorm lego lego robotics um, we use um, the uh, micro bit um, little miniature all-in-one computer that has all kinds of sensors and accelerometers and buttons and lights and little miniature screens that the kids can program this. Microsoft has a product called MakeCode, which um, accesses uh, the, the micro bit. It's also the same software used for uh, programming in, um, in Minecraft, which we find is a tremendous tool in the classroom. You know the energy that goes around classrooms that use Minecraft in it. Well, they can actually program in Minecraft as well. So we love doing that kind of stuff as well. So, so um, and then the upper, yeah, go ahead. As I said, so it sounds like you've got this thing rocking. How long <laughs> have you been in this position and how long do you say from day one? Like, is this a, uh, I'll put it this way. This clearly didn't happen overnight. Yeah, so I've, I've been at um, Porter Goud for about 18 years now, and um, we've always done project-based computer science um, in, in one way or another since that time. And probably over the last 10 years, we sort of really honed in on what was working and how to do this. And then the last seven or eight years, we really put our program into place um, and you know started recruiting in the right ways. And since then, we saw our program grow. I think we're five times as large as we were at that time in, in the middle of that. 
that so one thing we're also very proud of is we've also seen our ratio of girls increase dramatically from zero in the first year to I think we're at about 30 or 35 percent in some years. It's really exciting for us. Why, why is that important? I mean, why, why, why is it important to have a, 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 a K to 12, both boy and girl focused? Why have the program for everybody? Yeah. Well, so uh, the the industry, the 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 technology, and the especially computer science um, industry for the last decades, several decades, has been very um, male driven, and not just any male, one specific type of male. And so we've seen a very skewed type of technology and all the software, all the ideas are coming from one certain type of person. So that diversity in not just gender, but also in race and culture and just ideas has been the same kind of a person all along. We haven't really had um, other ways of looking at problems and solutions and um, asking different questions in the development process. And so um, I think in fact, I think we're probably on the verge of another technology revolution as all schools uh, or, or many schools start to add computer science to their program, and they also start to attract different kinds of students than just your stereotypical hardcore techie kid who 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 has a spot in it, but just differently than maybe people might imagine. And so I think we're on, we're on the verge of a technical technological revolution because we need those people to be in whatever industries they might love along with a computer science understanding behind them, they can actually manipulate and use and program and reprogram and repurpose whatever technologies in their industry to address whatever problems are in their industry. Um, if we get more diversity, we can reach into more industries. We can have more people who understand technology and aren't intimidated by it, and they can address whatever problems they come across. We haven't been able to do that until now. Now, Doug, you said you've been doing this for 18 years. You've obviously got a, an amazing staff filled with, uh, you know, MIE experts. You've yeah. got a program that is, you know, is, is I don't know if I want to say gender neutral, but, you you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like. You've got yeah. a program for anybody. Anybody out there right now listening to this program might say, how do I learn more? How can I do this for myself? And to answer that question, you have come up with a solution that is now readily available for anybody yeah. out there looking for this information. Talk to so, us yes. about your latest project. Sure. So it's exciting. And so um, for years, I've talked about writing my book, and I finally got that book together. It took me about a year. And it's it's to address the exact question you just brought up. I mean, um, a lot of schools right now uh, don't – and, and people who are decision makers don't really understand what computer science is. Or if they do understand it, maybe it's, it's a misunderstanding or it's an understanding based on an outdated definition or something like that. So one of the, one of the hesitations and reasons people are unsure of, of how and where computer science fits into school at whatever grade level, it's just they don't know enough about it. And so um, I think one of the things the book does really well is it tackles that head on and it says, hey, here's what computer science is. Here's a bunch of different examples in the real world of, of what computer science looks like and, and, and where people can see it. And they, I think what I want them to do through the book, and I think it does a good job, is it, it, people can read that and say, oh, gosh, I, yeah, I, I, I understand that situation you just described. And gosh, I didn't realize that was computer science. That makes good sense to me. I've seen that. I, I've seen what you're talking about. I now understand um, that that was computer science. Oh, and so I think um, after after that first section of the book, I think a lot of people might just be able to stop reading right there because it's the answers I think they needed just to understand what is computer science? What does it look like in the real world? Why is it important? What's its value? Um, and so for, for the person who just has those questions, the book addresses that 
that head on for the for the person and the, you know the administrator the politician the teacher who says okay I, I get that I get why it's important I understand it to a certain point and I don't know how to go from that to developing a program or to a class and so I think that's the next the next section of the book tackles that head on and it looks at a bunch of different questions that people at that stage need to be asking that they wouldn't necessarily be thinking about you know what, what kind of technologies are people using in the classrooms with good success that allows the students to learn how to program or design or use computer science um, how do you you know we talked a second ago about, re about recruiting students how do you recruit students who aren't of a single type right you want to have a, a diverse uh, a diverse set of ideas a diverse set of you want your your classroom to look like the population around you and traditionally it hasn't and so there's ways of doing that and um, you know and for teachers that are go about to go down this path what kind of training is available what kind of professional development are available and how can they make some connections into the community and and what are you know and I gave them a bunch of examples of some of the discussion boards and the people and the various social media that are people like me who are so eager to, to meet other people in the area. Um, and then also, and then fundamentally, when it comes down to it, what, what is your classroom going to look like? What kind of environment is it going to be? My whole life has been project-based uh, project-based learning, but project-based computer science learning. And I've, I've had tremendous success in that. And I think the energy that we see in our classes is something that I think other schools can bring in if they're willing to sort of explore that. And so uh, teachers can ask themselves what kind of, what kind of learning environment I'm looking at doing, and whether that is with an off-the-shelf, um, there are many excellent curriculum out there for all levels they can use, but also if they want to like um, go down the path of designing their own curriculum and maybe explore some of their own projects, um, the book has a bunch of, uh, of really uh, good self-studies and case studies that we've done that explain, uh, you know, literally in excruciating detail um, down to, you know, the, the rubrics and the project proposals and the type of assignments we do and some type of discussions that we do through an entire uh, um, you know, three or four week project. And so it gives people some real um, hardcore examples of how they might do this in a classroom. I have, I have some examples from the lower school, from the middle school, and in the upper school. And what was interesting is um, as I was doing this towards the end of the book, I when I sent it out for uh, to some people to sort of look at and give me their feedback on, I noticed there was another population that was really responding to it was the population of the, the person that's been doing computer science, but maybe hasn't seen the energy that they feel like they could be seeing in their classroom or maybe their principal came to them and said, I need you to grow this program. I need you to make it more diverse. You know, the, so these other things that, that, might, that, that might be different than what the new teacher is looking for. And I think that person can get a bunch of ideas and, and new ways of looking at the computer science classroom that maybe they haven't thought of before that can enhance what they're already doing and add a new element and a new, a new energy, I think, in their classroom. If you're looking to check out this book, you can check out our link here, teachercast.net forward slash imagining CSEDU. That's teachercast.net forward slash imagining CSEDU. Now, uh, before we go any farther here in this show, um, we do have two questions. I actually put this out on our Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert Forum here. Would you mind taking a few questions from our sure. fellow MIE colleagues here? We have a Tammy, a good friend of the show here. Uh, we were doing hashtag Ask Doug, by the way. Um <laughs> So we have hashtag know, ask Doug. Yeah. We have the best computer science or what are the best computer science applications for intermediate school grades four to five? And you can't say Minecraft. 
Okay, yeah, so certainly, uh, I'm a high school teacher, so my expertise is not in the lower school grades, but when I talked to Julie Sessions, who was our lead person down there, she 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 uses the Dash robots and the We Do robots with tremendous success down there, and she, she usually brings it into the science classroom where they can do physics and math, and uh, for example, one of the one of the projects they do is they have a robot programmed to kick a ball a specific distance. So think about the coding that would have to be involved and have to do that, a little bit of the physics involved, a little bit of the math. Um, and so they're using those. They use Hopscotch. They use Scratch Junior, which all work well on the iPad, which for us is important on there. And those are just a couple of ideas that, that we use. And I think also they use some of the Lego robots down there as well. So um, in the upper school classes, the high school classroom, we use um, robots. We use tablets for Android app development. Uh, we take apart computers. Uh, we use Xbox game design, Xbox 360 controllers. We use dance pads. We use the, the, the Kinect camera for doing um, uh, body motion detection. We use um, iPhones for doing iOS app development. Um, and we use virtual reality goggles for doing our newly started virtual reality uh, modules. All right. We have uh, Mr. Fitzgerald coming in here asking, what are your top CS concepts that beginners need to learn? So um, I don't know if there's CS concepts, but the concepts that are crucial in a project-based computer science classroom, there are some that, that people have to do. And that's first, the number one thing in our class is uh, failure. Kids have, not just kids, the teacher too, have to be willing to, to know that a lot of the time in that when they're doing projects, when they're exploring, when they're experimenting, when they're trying things out, they're going to mess up a lot. Either they went down the wrong path, they typed in the wrong code, they uh, misunderstood the problem they were trying to solve, or they misexplained it, or mis or, or or misunderstood how some different technologies or commands or software might be able to to be used to to do that. So you know, the student as they're programming a program is going to fail 25 times in a classroom just to get it to work once. And so that's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, the kids quickly learn that that's, that's how you're going to make progress is by willing to, to mess up a lot and a lot and a lot. In fact, we have a, uh, a, a, a wall on our classroom where the kids who get the wildest, craziest errors get to get their, uh, their, their error posted on the wall. They actually embrace that. So we, I think that's important in that environment, especially when you want to let kids figure, figure out their learning through their projects. You have to be willing to let them sort of work, work their way through uh, the the projects, which means the skills needed to do those projects as well. And so for the kids to sort of learn that, you've got to be willing to take a step back. They're going to mess up. They're going to fail a little bit. So that would be number one. Number two, um, the collaborative nature of our class is probably different than maybe some teachers are used to doing. I think it's crucial in a project-based class. And I think it's crucial in a project-based computer science class. Students have got to feel at ease to talk to other students to solve their problems. Um, when they're in the freshman year, when I'm just getting kids to learn this thing, we actually started a, a, a a star board and I put the every kid's name on the board. There's no reward. There's no incentive. There's no extra credit. There's no candy bars for getting anything. But anytime any student helps another student, they get a star. And um, by the end of the section, we'll probably have three, four or five hundred stars. And if you think about that, that's incredible because now you've got a scenario where, okay, and, and I'll, I'll bring this up with the kids even, and I'll say, so listen, um, there's 300 questions that were answered by someone other than me. 
So think about that. You don't have to be an expert at something. You just have to be uh, doing something that someone else needs help with. And so that collaborative uh, nature is, is in there. Last piece. Um, so the idea of the, the ability to take an idea in your brain and break it up into small pieces is um, – you know, it's, it's called algorithms, right? And so that's sort of like that concept that's the hardest to teach because you can't teach it. All you can do is practice it. And so what I think happens in a good project-based classroom, and in our classroom, I think we're really good at it, is when a kid describes a problem, uh, I ask them a bunch of questions to help them identify sort of what that problem really is and to help them sort of to break that down into a bunch of steps. And then within those steps, find one which they feel they can start with right now and let them see that you're not going to do that crazy idea you have all at once. It's going to take a bunch of series of steps. And that's sort of fundamental to computer science. Those are absolutely great ideas. If you have any questions for Doug, you can, of course, reach out to here over on TeacherCast.net. You can find me on Twitter at TeacherCast. Now, Doug, in looking at the next few months here, obviously we're heading into the summer professional development season. And very yeah. shortly now, we're going to be having having opening registration or applications, I should say, for the MIE program. I want to ask you the one question that I've asked every single MIE expert on this very program. Right. What does the MIE program mean to you personally? That That is the easiest question to answer for me because um, the, the, the first day I arrived at the Microsoft um, in, in Seattle to go to a Microsoft conference like in 2011, literally from the airport back to Seattle on a, on a shuttle, there were three or four MIEs who, who I didn't know at the time. And literally, I stepped on the bus within 20 seconds all four of us had found each other. We started talking. And since that time, I, and in fact, I think I still keep in touch with those four, but not a week goes by where I do not Skype, email, phone call, visit, have someone visit my school literally every single week for the last eight years since I joined the program. So without question, the people in the program, the teachers out there who think like you, act like you, um, are, are, are what are, are the gold of the MIE program. I think a lot of teachers, especially those who are trying to think innovatively, get lots of no's and reasons why they can't do something at their own schools. And with the MIE program, what you get is a lot of yeses and a lot of people saying, gosh, I'd love to help you do that. And that's rare. And that's why it is an amazing uh, organization to be part of. You know, it's funny. I, I don't prompt my guests but if you actually go back and you listen to all the different episodes of this very podcast, you'll notice that every guest has a very similar theme, right? It's the people. It's it's getting to know people. Yeah. It, it's it's making that stranger a friend and that friend a colleague and that colleague a, a you know, we're all lifelong learners. And, and even here, uh, Doug doesn't know this, but I'm actually sitting here on our our MIE chat um, and they're they're feeding me questions because they have a strong relationship with you, whether it be yeah. through, through, you know, uh, travels or, or social media yeah. or anything like that. Um, I love being able to share the stories of this. Do you have a, a particular story? I, I know you kind of threw a bunch at us right there, but one story that might convince somebody who's listening on to this podcast to join the MIE program. Why should somebody take the moment and, and fill out that application this year? Well, so there's something called the silo effect, which I think exists for innovative teachers. And anyone out there who, who's innovative, 
probably finds themselves sometimes loners in their own schools, especially in the computer science world. We find a lot of that scenario. What that means is you're doing things by yourself and you need people to bounce ideas off, but not just anyone, people that are, people that are, are, and that's what the MIE program does is those are vetted people that you know that if they're part of that program, they've earned their spot in that program through innovation, through their understanding of technology, their embracing of, 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 of a different kind of a classroom. And if, if you want to connect with people who think like that, who have that experience behind them, this is a place you can go to where that's all they have, right? I mean, every single person there of every grade level of every discipline has that spirit about them. And so if that's what you're craving, it's there waiting for you. So I couldn't imagine not being part of it. If you are out there even thinking about this, check out uh, education.microsoft.com. Even if you're not interested in applying this year, put it on your calendar for next year. The applications go live every uh, spring, summer, right around those months there. So much to do over on education.microsoft.com. Doug, before I let you go, I have a a small tradition on this and many of my shows. Um, There is a, 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 a quiz, a challenge, an educational workflow, if you will. I call it the Jersey five, five questions to get you thinking. Are you interested in taking such a quiz? I said we take it. All right, here we go. Number one, your favorite Twitter hashtag to follow or Twitter account to follow and why? Um, so right now, um, Don Wetrick was started up, um, is, so inspirational with his podcast, with his tweets, with his blogs, with his what he's doing in the classroom every day. I that that's what I check on a regular basis. Don is certainly a great guy. Uh, what for those who out there? What is Don's uh, Twitter? At Don Wetrick. Excellent. So check him out at Don Wetrick. All right. Uh, number two here. Now we've we've talked about a lot of these things, but number two is what is your favorite educational tool to use? Um, any, any type of technology which has the kids out of their seats, whether it's a robot, whether it is a virtual reality glasses, whether it's a Kinect camera, whether it's a dance pad, I don't care what the technology is. I want them out of their seat do, and accessing the computer in a different way than they're used to doing it. Because down the road, who knows what the interfaces are going to look like. So that's what I enjoy. Number three, best advice you've ever been given as an educator. Um, Lou Zuli, uh, recently retired, said, don't let school get in the way of education. I like that one. Uh, number four, what do you hope your students remember about you when they graduate at the end of the year? Um, I think they will remember the, the passion that I bring to the classroom. The fact that I care about every single project that they do only because they care about every single project they do. And um, they're not just learning it for no reason. Uh, I'm not going to have them memorize something to that, that gets regurgitated on a test and never hear again. The skills that they learn in my classroom are going to be something they're going to take with them, uh, regardless of what industry they go in. And uh, number five here, and I want you to think about this one, but what is the best teachable moment you've ever had? Can I tell a story? Please. All right. So, um, gosh, let me think. Um, so I, when we first started using the Kinect camera in the classroom, um, 
which is a camera which interprets your your body and your motion and your position in three-dimensional space uh, to the computer. It's just like a big, it's, it's kind of like a fancy webcam. And so um, I was really excited because I had saw the technology and I figured it out and I thought that I wanted to explore, explore that with the students. And um, so I went and found a personal trainer who was going to come in and share the different rehabilitation exercises she does for, for people that have injuries. And so she was going to come in and do a whole lesson on injury rehabilitation and the type of exercise they do. And my kids were going to implement those exercises in their code so that the computer could monitor you doing those exercises and verify that you're doing them right. And I was so excited because I had you know, chosen a real-world application. I had brought in an expert from the real world. And we did the presentation and spent the next couple of days showing the kids how the software works. And I said, start your projects. And within about a half hour, I realized not a single person was doing the project I had asked them to do. They were all doing other projects, okay, better than the ones that I had asked them to do. And when I went over there, I said, hey, guys, we're well, not really working on the project. We had, you know, here's the rubric and here's the guidelines. Here's what you're supposed to be doing. And they're, Mr. Bergman, I really, I saw this technology. I really want to do this. And this other student said, I really want to do this. And their projects were better than my projects. And so I remember thinking, wow. And I could have held firm. I could have said, no, we we're going to do this project. But I said, no, um, these students have, have, have come up with something that's better than what I had done. So I said, okay, guys, everything I gave you, scrap it. Please continue doing what you're doing. And I adjusted my class to fit what was going on right in front of me. And uh, so that's an example of what I said. Don't let school get in the way of education. When learning is happening on its own, your job as a teacher is to get out of the way. The book is called Imagining Computer Science Education K-12, Bringing Creative and Innovative Computer Science to Your School. Doug, I want to say thank you so much, not only for being on the show today, but inspiring a world of students for the last 18 years at your current position and also for sharing your passions here on the MIE Spotlight Series podcast. I'm going to give you the last word here. Um, anything that, that you want to share with us before we close out today? Um, so just, I, I think what, well, what people who are doing computer science are going to be do are, are going to be looking for is people like themselves doing computer science. And they're, as that wave of computer science becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's already here, you know, um, but you know, it, it's around us and, um, they're going to need to, to reach out and, and build community. And the MIE program is one way they can do that. But just also just reaching out th through Facebook and Twitter and blogs. And there are so many ways people can get involved. And especially if, if you're a lonesome computer science person at a school, it's going to be hard to do that by yourself. And so just just reach out to people. There are, there are people like me everywhere who love to meet other people out there. And so don't be shy and don't wait until you feel like you've earned a certain level of respect in your, in your, in your uh, classroom uh, experience as a teacher. Just start early and start, you know, make those connections then. Go to conferences. CST has one every summer that you can go to to get involved with and just get involved with those teachers. And that will be so valuable to sort of helping that journey make its way. And with that being said, we hope you take a moment to check out this podcast and all the great stuff over at teachercast.net slash MIE Spotlight. Of course, you can subscribe to this and all of our shows. You can learn about the tweet meets that happen twice a month. You can, of course, follow Microsoft Education on Twitter at Microsoft EDU. And, of course, subscribe to this and all of our shows over on teachercast.net slash audio and teachercast.net slash video. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom. 
and continue sharing your passions with your students.